You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. We're in the book of Psalm, uh, Psalm 85, and just uh, this whole passage of Scripture is one that's encouraging. Uh, don't you like it when you grab your Bible and you start reading, and as you're reading, you just get more encouraged as you read along? And that's uh, this passage of Scripture uh, is that way. Uh, here, as the psalmist uh, has written here, we see that uh, God is, is working. He said in verse 4, Turn us, O God of our salvation, and cause thine anger toward us to cease. Now, uh, with this here, uh, we, have, we have failure on the part of God's people. Isn't that terrible that it's true? Not just with them, but it's with us. And there were there were some failures that these people had had. There was some unmet expectations that uh, that they had in their own walk and their own dreams of of what life was going to be like. Maybe the desires that they had of their Christian life, things that they would they were wanting to really have dialed in, but. It wasn't really where it needed to be, and, and they wanted that uh, close relationship with God, and uh, that was the desire, uh, a desire to, uh, to just be all that we can be. Uh, and we're not talking about in the army, uh, we're talking about in the Lord's work, being what we, all that we can be. And with that, though, these, these people, though they had a desire for good, they still didn't quite meet it. Not only did they not meet it, they went away from it. And those failures that they had, those faults that they had, they experienced the chastening hand of God. Now, as a believer, when God corrects us, He is doing so not to punish or injure us, He's trying to correct our behavior. Just like uh, with a child, you correct a child. You don't let the child just do whatever they want. Uh, spanking is a good thing. Amen. It's not going to injure their psyche. Uh, it is going to help address a behavior problem. And so uh, the Bible says, He that spareth the rod hateth his son. Amen. You know, we, we don't go to Google for our child rearing. We go to God for our child rearing. And all we have to do is look around at how our world is behaving, and we see the, reaper, we see the conduct, and we find the consequences of getting away from a behavior that is godly. Uh, what God's plan is. And, and so uh, we, we want to make sure that we are doing things God's way. But uh, God punishes us or God corrects us. He chastens every son whom he receiveth. And if we're without chastening, God's saying, you're not mine. He said, you're illegitimate. You can say you're mine. He said, but, but my children I chasten. 
And so uh, if God chastens his children, I don't know why I'm hitting that tonight because I am not on a child-rearing message, uh, but it is there tonight. So I don't know which mom and dad are not, ch- are not correcting their children, uh, but the Lord's want me to hit that tonight. So uh, if it's hitting you right between the eyes, uh, just pick it up and take it. Uh, so anyway, that wasn't part of my message at all, uh, but definitely the uh, Lord wanted me to address that. So uh, here, though, we find that God chastens us as his children. As he chastens us, there is the expectation that we are going to change the behavior that we had so it would come back in line with his desire for our life. So, so here, God's people had gotten away from the Lord. Now, when you think about Israel, you think about uh, the people of God, uh, the, they were chosen. They were the chosen people of God. What, a, what an amazing position they held. The God out of all of the people of the world would choose one family, choose one man, Jacob, not a perfect man, but change his name from Jacob to Israel and from him bring an entire nation. And though that nation was small, it was the nation that God had chose. Now, you and I are on a journey. This, this life as a believer, we are on a journey. And on this journey, we are going to have some wins and we're going to have some losses. There are going to be some times of victory, but there's also going to be some times of defeat. Sometimes we're going to not be who we're supposed to be. We're not going to measure up. That's real encouraging, isn't it? But what we find is God doesn't leave us there. You know, one of the, one, the, the greatest assurance that I have of my salvation is that God chastens me. You know, sometimes in life you start wondering, you know, especially new believers, you start looking back, okay, did I get saved? Did I get saved? You learn, you grow, you learn new terminology, saved, born again. Well, I think I'm saved, but I'm not sure about if I'm born again. And then you talk about justification. Justification, I, don't, I never even heard that word before. Uh, don't know what that means. And if I'm justified, if I'm really saved, if I'm justified, uh, what if I didn't understand everything enough to, uh, to put my faith in Christ? And, and sometimes you end, up, uh, you, you end up losing the assurance of your salvation. Uh, but, you know, the Lord said, except we come as a little child. And faith of a child is all it takes. It doesn't take a huge understanding uh, to get saved. But, but with that, uh, we, we, we go through this journey of life, and there are going to be some times where we have those failures. But when God chastens us, it just lets us know, hey, you're my child. You're my child. And so 
So with that, though, we look at, at Israel, uh, the chosen people of God, and they had been given great opportunities that God had chosen them, the promised uh, promises that God had given, the promised one was going to come through the nation of Israel, the covenants were all going to be given to Israel, later they would be extended to us, uh, then the commands uh, God's word was given. Uh, there were so many blessings, but somewhere along the line, God's people got comfortable with who they were. They got comfortable with the blessings, and then they started doing their own thing. They got away from the Lord. They got away from His word. They walked away from His commands. They literally began to worship idols. And God, as a gracious, merciful, long-suffering God, gave them time and time and time again to get it right. But eventually, God said, okay, now it's chastening time. Now, during that time, we will, we will refer to it, it's the Babylonian captivity. So Psalm 85, uh, and when we look into Psalm 137, we're not going to go there tonight. Uh, but with that, uh, we see that uh, during this time, God's people are now coming out of the Babylonian captivity. Now they have finish that time of chastening, that time where God got their attention. There were the nine deportations. Uh, the temple had been destroyed. The city had been in ruins. Uh, there was great judgment that came, and God used a heathen king to chasten his, his children. But after that, now they've come home. Now they have a new opportunity. And tonight I want to speak to you on the subject New beginnings, new beginnings. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for just the opportunity to be able to open it up. And Lord, how it applies to us, each and every one of us. Lord, there are people here tonight where they are on track and, and Lord, things are good and they're enjoying the blessings. There are others, Lord, that uh, maybe they have just slid back a little bit and they have not, go, they have not wandered. They are still here. Uh, but Lord, just things need to be, uh, they just need to be drawn back closer to you. Uh, Lord, there may be some that are on a path that is going to lead them away, just like the children of Israel wandered. And, and Lord, I know that we are all prone to wander. And I pray that you would help us tonight just to, to see how, how you have given us so many, so many opportunities to be able to serve and draw close to you. And you're such a wonderful God. So I pray tonight that we would just be encouraged and strengthened. I pray that decisions would be made as necessary, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. So, Failure is something that all of us will experience at some time in our life. That judgment, that Babylonian captivity, it came, and uh, 70 years of judgment. Now, you just think about that. Here we are, how many do we have that are over 70? All right, not, not a whole lot, but we have a few that are over 70 tonight. Can you imagine 70 years of your life being in judgment? I mean, that's a long time. Do you remember when you got in trouble and your mom said, go to your room? 
You'll be in trouble when dad gets home. And that seemed like an eternity just waiting that 30 minutes or that hour or whatever it was or waiting for mom to come in and and there was there was going to be that uh that chastening that was going to take place and and you the dread that was there these people went through 70 years there were people that never knew the blessings of being in israel they were born in captivity they didn't have the love for uh, the temple. They didn't know anything about it other than what somebody had told them. Many were young when they were taken away. You think about Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Here they were, young, uh, young men uh, that were taken away, and they lived their entire life in a foreign land. Never again to return that we know of. And so, uh, so you, you see that uh, this was a long time of, uh, of judgment. Uh, but we find that now that they're back, uh, now that judgment has taken place, now that the corrective measures have been done, now it's time to get back going. Now it's time for that new beginning. Uh, so here, look with me at verse number 1, Psalms 85, verse 1. Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Thou hast covered all their sins, Selah. Thou hast taken away all thy wrath. Thou hast turned thyself from the fierceness of thy anger. What do we find here? We find uh, that these people, uh, we can see, number one, the recognition of the goodness of God. These people who had been in judgment, now they are looking at how good God has been to them. You know what? Though we may find ourselves in chastening, uh, when we are chastened, uh, the Lord doesn't leave us in that spot. Uh, and after the chastening is over, we, we get to experience how good God is. Uh, I am so thankful that I have a Heavenly Father that when He corrects me, when He's done, He's done. It's done. It's over. Uh, when our kids were small and and they would uh, get get disciplined, uh, the for some reason we uh, we would we would send them to the room or uh, sometimes it was to the bathroom. Uh, if it's in the bathroom, there was only really one place to sit, uh, and they didn't get to sit. Uh, and so uh, you would we would discipline them. But before we discipline them, uh, we would get down. And we would look right into their eyes. It was face to face. They would look at us, and then we would tell them what they did wrong and we would ask them if they knew what they did wrong and we would tell have them tell us what they did wrong and why it was wrong and then we would uh, explain to them that there were rules and our children knew what rules what the rules were they knew if they did this this was going to be the response they knew that if they uh, told a lie that they were going to get disciplined they knew they knew that uh, if they uh, hit their brother or sister that they were going to get 50 or 60 lashes just kidding uh no there uh, but they knew that there was a consequence and with that you you teach them and so they knew when they would break a rule what the response was going to be if they said something that they should not say uh, they got their mouth washed out with soap he said oh that's a horrible thing all the chemicals they all live 
And they all knew that if they said something they shouldn't have said, they got, would get their mouth washed out with soap. David despises Irish Spring. That was the soap that we would use. It's like, son, put your tongue out. And he'd put his tongue out, and I'd... And then we keep talking. He's back there. He's just, he's, remember, he's remembering. And, and he, he wouldn't want to swallow. And you're just, you're talking to him and you're explaining what was wrong. And he's not wanting to, he's not wanting to swallow. And the slob, slobber starts rolling down his, his face. And, and pretty soon then it was, okay, now we're done. Uh, you rinse your mouth out, wash your mouth off. Uh, but you know what? There was, there, once we were done with a discipline process, then we prayed. Then we hugged them. Then we tickled them. We would, there, we, we would leave in a different frame of mind than when we went in. You know what? God is such a wonderful God. When He corrects us, He doesn't leave us without hope. There is a whole new beginning, and we get to see uh, these people, though they were in 70 years of captivity, they are recognizing how good God is to them. You know what? If I was in 70 years of captivity, 70 years of judgment, uh, I don't know that I would look at God as though He was good to me. But, but we know God is good to us. And with that, the chastening hand of God, these people were recognizing that God was good. God is always right, isn't he? We don't always like what he does. We don't always enjoy the things he allows us to go through. But God's good. God's good all the time. And so here, they are recognizing the goodness of God. You know, you and I, uh, when we find ourselves in a place of chastening, uh, when the chastening is over, you know what our natural response ought to be is, Lord, I'm sorry. And then you start looking at God and saying, God, you are so good. You didn't want me to destroy my life. You didn't want me to wreck my life. You, you tried to, to get me back on track. Uh, what do we find here? Verse number one, thou hast been fav favorable to thy land. They were recognizing, God, you've been good to us as a country. And you know what? As Americans, God has been good to this country. We have not been good to God, but God has been good to America. And the problems that our nation has, uh, there may be problems, and there are. And there may be things that are coming down the, the track that we would not enjoy and we would not choose for ourselves. But what we have to recognize is there is a God in heaven who is sovereign, who loves us. And if we get off track, he is going to bring us back around where we need to be. He is going to chasten us. But when he chastens and when he gets our attention, we need to look back and see how good God is. We need to recognize it. Thou hast been favorable to thy land in verse number one. Later, he says, thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. You didn't leave us where we were. You didn't leave us in that condemned situation. He didn't leave us mad. He wasn't still angry. He wasn't still judging. The chastening had taken place, and now we have a loving Heavenly Father that's taken him back. 
And that's what they see. They're seeing it in their life. Uh, and so he said, thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Now, it's, it's ironic here when you look at this that, that when, when uh, uh, Israel was taken into captivity, Judah was not, but Israel was taken into captivity. As Israel is going into captivity here, what we find is that Israel doesn't come back out of captivity. Some individuals come back, but the nation was fragmented. The northern kingdom was dismantled. And so here, he doesn't say that Israel came back. He says Jacob came back. It was a select few. You know, God gives new beginnings to us all. We don't all take advantage of it. You know, maybe some things happen in our life, and God's trying to get our attention. God's trying to, to, to say, hey, I'm over here, and if you keep down this path, there is, there is some corrective uh, 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 measures coming. But not everybody responds to that. You know, it's a, it's a fearful thing to fall in the hand of a holy God. God is a, a God of absolute truth. And here, we need to have enough fear of God, not fearful to cower, the respect, the honor, and the fear of his displeasure, the fear of his judgment in our life, that it should stop us in our tracks. You know, let's, let's be honest. Not all, we're not always on track, are we? We're not always on point. None of us. Someone said it this way, if this is truth, we are only right as we cross that line. Because we're fallible. Now, some may cross that line a little closer than others cross that line. And in our lives, we want to make sure that we are trying to follow the Lord. But with that, God is good. God is good to all of us, and we, we need to recognize that. He brought back the captivity of Jacob. He brought back some. He didn't bring back all. Uh, not everybody responded uh, to his chastening. Uh, they said, thou hast been favorable. Thou hast brought back. Thou hast forgiven, in verse 2. Thou hast covered uh, thy sins, in verse 2. Thou hast taken away the wrath, in verse 3. Thou hast turned thyself from anger, that has turned themselves from the fierceness uh, of thy anger. Uh, and so here, a loving God, don't get to the place where we think, well, God's loving and he'll, he will not correct me. No, God loves you, so he will correct you. God, God loves you and he will not leave us to go off off rail, uh, and he wants our attention. So you and I cannot forget that we serve a righteous and a holy God. He is not a passive and weak God who is just going to give in to whatever our whims are. God is going to stand for truth. 
And when his children go off track, he's going to try to bring us back. So he is not a, he's not a passive and weak God who will ignore our sins. The sins of commission and the sins of omission. Now, we will be held accountable for both. Well, I don't do this, this, and this. The things that are, that are wicked or wrong. But are we neglecting to do the things that he has commanded us to do? Not just, it's not just about what we don't do. It's about what we do do. So we see here, first of all, the recognition of the goodness of God. Secondly, we see the recognition of their, their need. Their need. Look at verse number 4, Psalm 85, 4. Turn us, O God, of our salvation, and cause thine anger toward us to cease. Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out thine anger to all generations? Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. Uh, we just see here that they sense their need. We need to be honest enough with ourselves when we're not right so we can get things right. If things are starting to go awry, maybe, maybe our love for the Lord is starting to wane. Maybe our love for the things of God are starting to, to wane. Maybe our love for the church and the people of God and the things that I mentioned uh, on Sunday, maybe we are finding ourselves in this attitude of apathy, and that is a sin that is prevailing in our country. And we cannot be content with apathy. But what's happening is we are becoming apathetic about the things of God. You know, when, when we don't want to be in God's house, that's a problem. When we are choosing to put ourselves somewhere else instead of God's house, that tells us there's a condition going on in my heart. Yeah. And it's nobody else's condition. It's my condition. When I am when I'm finding myself distanced from the things of God. How's how's our prayer life? How's our time in our Bible? How's our witness? Who are we talking to about the Lord? You know, you and I, we have this opportunity to draw. God has been so good to us. And, and with that, we want to make sure that we recognize our great need for Him in our lives. We, we need Him to lead us. Is the Holy Spirit convicting and guiding and impressing you on a regular basis? If the Holy Spirit is quiet, then there's a problem. That's telling me that I am not in tune with the Lord. Because He hasn't gone anywhere. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And so if He is not impressing, if He is not leading, if He is not convicting, then have I... Have I grown hard? 
Has my sensitivity to his leading gone calloused? Have I quenched the Spirit of God in my life? Now, just think about when you first got saved. I mean, you go to do something, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, no, I can't do that? Why? You didn't hear any messages yet, but you knew the Spirit was telling you, no, don't do this. The Spirit was telling you, go witness to that person. And there were, there were the impressings of the Spirit of God in our life. And, you know, that is so vital. Uh, we, need, we need to recognize our great need, the recognition of their need. They saw how much they needed God in their life. Uh, he said in verse number 4, turn us. Verse number 6, he said, revive us. Uh, is there any desire in our life? Is there a prayer in our heart that says, God, revive my heart, revive my heart? Are we even thinking about it? Uh, we're sleeping in church tonight. Are we even considering revive us? Uh, we, 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 do we have a desire to be revived in our own spirit? Uh, turn us, revive us, show us. What, what do they need to be showed? They need to be showed mercy. And you know what? We need mercy. But you know what? If I am not drawing closer to the Lord... I don't sense my need for God's mercy. You know why? Because I'm okay. I got this. You know, as a pastor, I am not concerned when people come to the altar over and over again. You know what I'm concerned? When people never come to the altar. Why, why is that? Does that mean that you can't pray in your seat? No. It doesn't mean that you can't pray in your seat. But there is something about responding to the Lord. You see, you used to respond. What's changed? Have we grown beyond Responding to the teaching and preaching of God's word? Have we matured beyond that? Is, that? is that a reality? No. You see, what happens is we don't recognize our need. We feel like we have got some boxes plugged in and checked off and things are now okay. But when we are okay, we can become complacent. We become complacent in our walk with the Lord. We can become apathetic. And the result is that we can become just like the nation of Israel. And it took a little bit of time, but pretty soon they were no longer worshiping God. They were no longer honoring Him. They were no longer serving Him. They were serving and praying to false gods. They had idols that they had set up. They had allowed themselves to be, become uh, hardened and content with the things of God where they were at and pretty soon they slid into a backslidden condition to where then God had to bring great judgment into their life and you know you and I we have to recognize our need for God working in our daily life they came back out of out of uh, Babylon 
And they're saying, revive us. Revive us. I don't want to go back. I don't want the judgment again. I don't want to find myself in a condition where I miss out on being in the middle of God's will. So it was turn us in verse 4, revive us in verse 6, show us in verse 7, grant us in verse number uh, 7. He said, uh, grant us uh, salvation. Now, the word salvation here, let's look at that. Uh, Psalm 85 and verse number 7, show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. He is not talking talking about salvation from sins for your soul for eternity. He's not talking about getting saved or getting saved again. This salvation, this word literally means deliverance. It is talking about the deliverance, the protection from evil, the consequences of sin and the sinner. And that's what he is saying. He's saying, uh, grant us salvation. He said, help us to get past this the consequences of my sin. You know, God forgives us of our sin as soon as we ask Him. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise the Lord for that. But the consequences are not forgiven. The sin is forgiven, but there is built-in consequence for sin. The wages of sin is death. Sin is going to destroy whatever it touches. And when you and I allow sin into our life, it is going to start killing everything that it touches. It's going to kill the, the relationships. It will destroy the friendships. It will destroy anything that it touches. Uh, and so uh, here they're saying, grant us uh, salvation. Grant us thy mercy. Show us thy salvation. Uh, they need a deliverance uh, from the consequences of their sin. And those that are uh, coming out of a life of sin. What a blessing that God forgives us and what a blessing he can give us that new hope and there's a new life that's awaiting but it's going to take a little bit of time to get past your past. And when we make decisions that are wrong, when we live in a wrong way, God forgives us instantaneously but it's going to take our testimony a little while to get past that. So he said grant us Thy salvation. Thirdly, we see the receptiveness of God's people. They came back out of judgment. Verse number eight. I will hear what God. Uh, I will hear what God the Lord will speak. For he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. I will hear what God the Lord will speak. What do we see? We see God's people just being receptive. Lord, I'm listening. I'm listening. I am, going, I am waiting for you to speak into my life. I am waiting for you to guide me, for you to direct me in my life. I will hear. Notice here, he did not say, we will hear. You come back to God, I come back to God all by myself. It's not this collective coming back to the Lord. You can't come back to the Lord for anybody else but you. 
And here he's saying, I will, I will hear what God the Lord will speak. So I will hear revival and repentance is personal. If I'm going to have revival, it's up to me. If I'm going to come back to God from straying, it's up to me. It's a decision that I have to make. And, and here they were coming back. Uh, he said, I will not return to the folly of my sin. Uh, he, said, uh, uh, he said, but let them not turn again to folly. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. He said, I will not, re I will not return. You see, what, what was there? There were some new beginnings. We all fall. We all fail. As a child of God, we will be corrected. But after that correction, there's a new beginning. There's a new opportunity to get things right. You know, as we, as we fall and as we fail, we don't have to stay there. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. You know, there's hope. You say, well, Pastor, I've made a mess of this. God is a long-suffering, merciful God. And He doesn't leave us without hope. There's always an opportunity for a new beginning. Verse number 6, Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. You know, the life of a Christian ought to be joyful. He wants us to rejoice. He wants us to have joy. And after that correction, that opportunity is there. But we have to recognize how good God is. God's good even when he's correcting. And then we have to recognize our great need for him. And when we recognize our great need for him, now we have the opportunity to be receptive to him so we don't find ourselves in that same spot again. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness to us. Help us, Lord, to respond to your leading and guidance in our life. Help us, Lord, as we stray, uh, that, that your correction would be received and we would not fight against you, but, Lord, that we would respond so we could get things right with you. And so I pray that you'd help us, Lord, revive us uh, as these people who are uh, coming out of a corrective time. Uh, Lord, yet you had a whole life ahead of them. I pray that you would help us. Now, just speak to hearts, meet needs, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. We'll have a short time of invitation. If the Lord spoke to your heart, you respond. But he, here we, we want to realize that there is there's hope. New beginnings. New beginnings. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.